This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello, Quickly Kevin listeners. Chris Skull here from Quickly Kevin. Uh, Just dropping onto the timeline to say that Michael is currently on YouTube reporting videos of Peter Schmeichel getting lobbed for copyright infringement and Josh is at a Blur concert for the fifth time today. I'm just dropping in to let you know I've got a brand new history podcast. If you've got room in your life for another podcast, I'd love you to give this a try. It's a history podcast going back in time, looking at professions, places, things. The first episode came out a couple of weeks ago on fashion and we've got new episodes dropping every Monday. And my co-hosts are two of my favourite ever guests from Quickly Kevin, Wales's best dressed man, Ellis James, hilarious comedian, and also the brilliant Tom Crane, who has featured on many a Quickly Kevin episode. So it's out now. Going to drop in now onto the Quickly Kevin timeline. If you'd like to listen to it, a little 20-minute teaser of a future episode. This episode is on Life at Sea. And like I say, new episodes dropping every Monday. Love for you to give it a try. Have a listen to this. Feel free to subscribe. And more importantly, feel free to give it a rating if you really enjoyed it. Enough talk. Let me show you what I've been up to. This is a little teaser from a future episode of Oh What A Time. Um, So I thought we could talk about what life is like on a longboat, because I think none of us would particularly uh, fare well with it. So I'll I'll take you through some of the things. Okay, first of all, so... The longboat, it had, it had a, a large sort of square wool sail that it used most of the time. And if it wasn't windy, they'd have to row it. Okay, so they had 70 Vikings on a boat and then they'd split half and half. So either you'd be rowing or you'd be resting. And if you were rowing, your rowing assistance would last for 12 to 18 hours. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. So you don't know how you feel how, about that. Even Steve Redgrave is going to struggle. <laughs> yeah. Like, who are these to eighteen hours? I, I don't know. I don't know the exact science behind this, but I'm pretty sure both of my arms would pop off. <laughs> they would come off at the shoulders like a sort of plastic toy after about sort of thirty. Like an minutes. action man. Yeah, an action man. Exactly. Yeah, a discarded I mean, action man on a railway siding. I mean, I, I went. Claire and I, our first ever date was uh, we went on a. This is so cliché. We went on a rowing boat in Victoria Park across a pond there. Yeah, and for eighteen um, hours. For eighteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exhausted. I thought if we can get through this, and then came um, ashore and looted the locals and. <laughs> yeah. 
what, what a bonding experience, to be honest. Um, but the guy yelled at me from the side. I didn't really. I was rowing the boat backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that's what you so do. I was, no, no, I wasn't. I was, I was facing the way that I was going, oh, oh, which is wrong. Right, right. right. You're supposed to go backwards <laughs> yeah. and row. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was so moronic. And there were like children going past doing it correctly, and there was a guy yelling at me across a lake. So even of that three-minute snapshot of what it's like to be rowing, I, I hated it. And I think 18 all, hours is going to be... Only 17 hours, 57 minutes to go <laughs> before you get your rest. Well, I mean, uh, talking of rest, you, you would, you'd have to sleep sat up. And there was no space, because basically uh, these, these, yeah. these boats were so expensive that they crammed as many men as they possibly could onto them to make them financially viable. There was just, like, no room whatsoever. There was also, <clears throat> which is what particular about these things, they were so streamlined, there was no... Um, shelter whatsoever. There was no yeah. cabin. There was no cover. There was nothing. So you're constantly under the, the the sun or the rain. You're just getting battered by the elements consistently. No cabin or cover. No cabin or cover. Occasionally they would bring down the sail when they're in port to, sort of, to cover under it. But and when you're out from rowing, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to Greenland, a place like this as well. Yeah, or Ireland. <laughs> yeah. I actually. Um... I went to, in Norway, I saw a Viking longship. There's a Viking museum in Norway, in Oslo, yeah. I think it was. And I saw one. And at exactly that point, there was no, there's nowhere for you to relax. Which yeah. is interesting when you could say that 18-hour thing. Because when, what you do in the six hours, you're just sat in the same seat, but you're not rowing. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. Can't even... When you're trying to sleep, you're trying to sleep. Oh, Matt, it's like, trying to sleep on a plane is horrific, isn't it? Yeah, I can't right, In it. economy. Can't do it. And like... Trying the the long ship must be even worse. Yeah, yeah. It was very hard for the drinks trolley to get down it as well. That, that, that was classically one of the, the problems well, with. I flew back from New Zealand, and I was delayed in transit at every point, and yeah. so I was delayed leaving. I was delayed in Sydney. I was delayed in Singapore. Wherever it was we were changing, so I'd I'd been in the air or on the plane for thirty six hours, and I cannot sleep sitting up. I just can't do it. Can't do it. it just can't be done. Uh, I just came back from Qatar for the World Cup. I can't sleep sitting up. Can't be done. I, I was so delirious with tiredness on the way back from New Zealand that um, I leant down on my sort of knees and put my face. I rested my face on where my bum was on the seat, or where my bum should have been. And and so if I'd been, even if I'd been rowing for eighteen hours, I just can't sleep sitting up. I can't sleep in cars. I can't sleep on a bus. So now you, also, you, know, you don't want to be shoving your face where people yes, have been sitting I'd and gone, all their bums have been I'd going for gone the gone mad. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, it's, it's my bum. It's been my bum for the last 35 hours. Yeah. So that will have masked other people's bums. Well, but you know, if you're if you're if you're rowing, if you're rowing across the North Sea to yes. Northumberland, then I mean, that is a, that's a fair old stint of physical exercise, isn't it? Well, and also, there were other things to go with that, because um, you weren't even breathing in fresh air and enjoying that. It, the place stunk. The, these ships were clinker-built, which were where they used overlapping wood to link the ships together. And the, the gaps between the pieces of wood were then filled with tar 
and animal hair, and they were <laughs> constantly having to put new tar down to basically keep it seaworthy. So you always had tar on you. It was always really sticky, and the yeah. place stunk of tar. Rubbish. Also, if people wanted to go to the toilet, they would go to the toilet over the side of the ship. So you, you, you'd oh shove your, your ass over the side, and then you'd, you'd do your business on the top of a passing blue whale or whatever. Wouldn't uh, be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny as well, isn't it? Because if you're in a job you hate, that is a slog, you will disappear off to the toilet to kill 20 minutes. But on a Viking longship, you can't even do that because you're on full display and it's probably the most dangerous part you do of your the- day. I could see myself holding it in, just going, I'm going to try yeah, and yeah, see if I can make green six, laugh. For six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then doing um, one, when, yeah, when I hit, and I'm hitting the ceiling. Doing a big one. But <laughs> <laughs> I got to Greenland. <laughs> Turning myself inside out. Would would you would you would you have the confidence to, to sort of like to stick your your behind over the side of a, a boat in front of your work colleagues? We imagine now in the, in this podcast record, I, I I can see you on the screen if you just continue talking and drop you your trousers and went to the toilet. <laughs> One of my superpowers is that I can piss and shit almost at will. Like, I don't, there's no bar- I don't, will. don't have any, <laughs> any issue with that. What would, what would scare me would be the waves on the longship as you're dangling over the side. Yeah. I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't like the, the water splashing my bum, and I wouldn't like the, the danger of falling in. Do you know what, though? I think people were shitting al fresco. Far until far more recently than you'd think. Have you seen the Peter Jackson documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old? No. Yes, yeah. There's the bit where there's four the or five Tommies yes. and they're all just taking a shit next to each other and sort of waving at the camera. Yeah. yeah. You know, not not my scene. My Irish, my Irish granddad, who born in the 20, 1920s, so this would have been in the kind of 1940s in Ireland, he didn't have a toilet in the house. None of them had a toilet. They would, they would go do their business in a field. Just, they'd just walk out the door. Yeah. They would just do, wow. That, so it's not, it really isn't even that long ago. The, I mean, you say about the, the splashing being a problem, that sort of stuff, but that's interestingly, the Vikings invented the B-Day after seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> they thought, I've got, I've got a cracking idea, I don't need to do this anymore. See, when the Vikings got home, they were like, I just can't, my ass just doesn't feel clean without seawater splashing my ass. Yeah. And my arms feel very sore. <laughs> so, so the whole place did stink. And then the other thing that stunk was they would have to... Um, Basically, treat the uh, the sale with animal fats and stuff like this. So the whole place was just absolutely disgusting. I I don't know why I'm I was so naive about this. I knew that life on board a pirate ship would be hard. I knew deep down that life on board a long ship would be hard. You've made it sound worse than I'd imagine. <laughs> Has it put you off the idea? It's given me a newfound respect for the Vikings. <laughs> Because they actually, a lot of this stuff has been drawn from uh, contemporary rebuildings of these boats and they've gone off on missions to see what they would have done. So obviously a lot of this isn't, isn't written history. It's, they've, they've had to draw conclusions from... So this will be uh, a historian who would have stuck his uh, behind over the back of a boat <laughs> at least two years ago. <laughs> Going past a P&O ferry and giving a nod. It's like... Yeah. With a team of like people in white coats and clipboards going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he's, definitely, he's definitely shitting there. Next to an oil rig. <laughs> but for me, actually, the discomfort and the stench isn't the worst bit. The worst bit 
is at that point is the navigational aspects because at that point there were such sort of poor navigational aids it was like really hard to hit your destination <laughs> so like like an easy jet airport you'd be sort of quite some way away from where you actually need to be so there's loads of tales of ships just going off course and then sort of sailing across the atlantic and then they, they either the ship sinks or they just starve basically oh it's God. horrendous oh, that's, um, the, wow. that's the aspect of seafaring that pranks me out the most especially in this age is where yeah. you're setting off for somewhere and it's like we don't even know if we're in the right direction we don't even yeah. know really like is it going to be a if, week is it a month or are we never going to get to where we're trying that, to get that absolutely is something i cannot get my head around the intrepid nature <laughs> Of people just getting in a boat that's covered in animal fat and tar and thinking, oh well, fingers, well, I'll probably never see you again. <laughs> Firm and, handshake with your wife. Yeah, like, I, I own a car and I, I filled it up last night. And if I just got in the car and just kept driving, yeah. I would probably at some point end up in like Leeds. I reckon I could get to Leeds on a full tank. Yeah. And then I'd be in Leeds. And then I would fill up and I would drive home. And I would say to Izzy, sorry, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a really good idea when I said it on the podcast. Yeah. I don't really understand. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, it's the ability... I suppose you were putting your fate into God's hands. Yes, absolutely. Well, in in line with that, it's all the more straggling when you think about the relationships the relationship, sorry, that the Vikings had with the sea, that a lot of Scandinavian belief there was there was this huge serpent at that time that wrapped itself around the earth and was under the sea. So it had a real fear of the sea as well. So it wasn't like our relationship with the sea is a place you go swimming and just have fun or whatever. This was a place that was the home to this horrendous beast that could destroy you at any point. So not only were they choosing to go out not knowing where they're going, they were going across the home of this thing that they thought could annihilate them. So they were taking the piss. They were taking. <laughs> Things can't be good at home if you're choosing yeah. that as an option. If you're choosing to take the piss out of a, of a, a global serpent, <laughs> wow! So there were some navigational aids we had. A, a couple of ones that stuck out. Um, tell me how reassuring you'd find these. One was um, a thing called a plumb bob, which they would drop to the bottom of the ocean. It was like a little weight on a string to see how deep the uh, ocean bed was and it would also bring up some of the silt from the ocean bed and then apparently they feel that um, experienced captains could then taste that ocean bed and tell whether there was fresh water coming into it and whether they were close to land so they could oh, taste the base that's, that's, that's the like ocean. that is the classic man at the pub yeah, the yeah. Bloke <laughs> in the, in the pub. I can taste a seabed and yeah. tell you where the li- yeah, you're, shut up you're, you have a sip of your uh <laughs> You have a sip of your Australian, and you say to yourself, yeah, they've just cleaned the lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Do you think that's the first step on... The, are those the people that became sort of wine connoisseurs? Like, you know, these unbearable people you see at a dim party who claim they can taste the forest when it's sort of, you know, from a wolf blast. <laughs> um, and the other thing they had was they would take uh, a non-migratory bird with them on board. Uh, any guesses why that might have been? So they could fly up and then... They would head to the land. Damn right. So if it flew Come to land, on. they'd follow it. If it came back to the boat, then they weren't near land. But I don't know what Clever that tells that, you. If it, if, it, if it comes back to the boat, you just go, oh, we're not near land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, think it's like, I haven't got anything else to add. a really shit sat-nav. Yeah. yeah. That is quite clever, though. I'll tell you where you are if you are within 500 metres of actually being there. 
yeah. yeah. And then the, the final thing, of course, at the end of a Viking, it shows you how sort of in touch and how important their life on their boats were, uh, were for them, that uh, the high-ranking Vikings would be laid on their vessels with their grave goods. Their grave goods is after they died, which are items they need in the afterlife. You'd be shoved out into the sea and they'd set fire, basically, to it. Um, and you just see all your your belongings go up. I always thought that must be a bit heartbreaking if you were sort of waiting for your inheritance and you're on the yeah. side seeing or, your if you've grandma's been... stuff go up, and sh- go up in flames. <laughs> or if you've been rowing for 18 hours and you actually really need a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what happened. But, but and, uh, another interesting thing I found on this briefly, uh, part of your funeral, which I thought, I thought was quite interesting, a third of everything you owned, um, all of all your wealth would go on booze for the funeral. There you go. That's quite that. good. Wow. I've always, I've always thought the Vikings nailed the funeral. How much better would a funeral be if you went there and, like, your mate or wherever it is, grandma, just goes up in a massive towering inferno? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, on a, usually on a beach, in my mind's eye, it's on a beach. With all their stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, one, the, oh they've bought, also, they put 100 grand behind the bar tonight. <laughs> Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What really interested me is like we touched on there journeys that begin and you just don't know where you're going and and specifically yeah. in the animal kingdom one thing that I've always stuck in my mind was that the Galapagos Islands and their famous turtles that they, they they believe those turtles arrived two to three million years ago having travelled six hundred miles on the South American coast on vegetation rafts. Wow. They think they just blew out there. And they're a similar model for Madagascar as well. They think the mammals that are in Madagascar got there aboard natural rafts. So two, Madagascar would have been a 270-mile ocean voyage taking about three weeks. And, I mean, who knows how long and where they came from for the, for the Galapagos as well. I'm just going to tell you something very quickly about a famous stowaway, a guy called Purse uh, Blackborough. And he was a stowaway on Ernest Shackleton's... Uh, ill-fated imperial transantarctic um expedition of 1914 to 1917 so he wanted to go on um shackleton's ship endurance which is en route to the antarctic 
but Black, Blackborough wasn't he wasn't hired right he was he was eighteen and Shackleton thought you're too young and you haven't got enough experience so um, he sneaked aboard and he hid in a locker amongst piles of clothing right now at which point they discover him. And they're angry because they've got a stowaway. He's a young kid. He's eighteen. They're like, bloody hell! This is already difficult enough. But now we've got to look after. We've got to look after this, this you know, this child effectively who's eighteen years of age. So uh, Shackleton said, "You do know that on these expeditions, we often get very hungry, and if there's a stowaway available, he is the first to be eaten." To which Blackborough replied, "They'd get a lot more meat off you, sir," which is a, a big call, I think. Right, <laughs> but. It's a real shit or bust move, isn't it? Had he been comparing the clubs? <laughs> he was a very capable sort of circuit compare. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Shackleton grinned and was like, "All right then, let's let him on." So he's um, he's on the endurance snow, and they're going to the Antarctic, and he's doing quite well, and they're all very fond of him. He's always looking after the ship's cat, Mrs. Chippy. Um, but the endurance sank, um, at which point they salvaged what they could. But obviously, because he's, he, he's a stowaway, he's taken the wrong sort of boots. He's basically, right. he's basically gone in trainers. <laughs> and because his, feet, because his feet were exposed bounce, to, the, to the really cold waters of the Antarctic Ocean, he developed severe frostbite. And this is the bit I just find incredible. So everyone is ill, and everyone's in poor health, oh, poor spirits. Man. But he's contracted gangrene, Perse Blackburn now, due to his frostbite. So they had a surgeon on board, a guy called Alexander Macklin, and Blackburn was his greatest medical concern. So like, OK, what are we going to have to do? Oh, God. Now, he's been away for a month, at which point the surgeon, the surgeon carries out an amputation on Blackburn's left foot using chloroform for anaesthesia. Oh, this is God. this is how he described uh, the operation. Blackbro had all the toes of his left foot taken off, quarter-inch stumps being left. The poor beggar behaved splendidly, and it went without a hitch. Time from start to finish, 55 minutes. When Blackbro came round, he was cheerful as anything and started joking directly. <laughs> <laughs> People in the past are so hard. Aren't they? So Especially hard. This, <laughs> this era. The hardest people are at sea. They are hard. Right, shall we? <laughs> shall we decide uh, who would fare better at a life at sea? I think that seems to be the conclusion, sort of the conclusion from all of this. Yeah. If we, if our listeners can take one thing from it, and I, I hope they do, it's it's who we think would fare better at life at sea. I'm going to count myself out of the running because of my profound fear of sharks. This sea serpent thing the Vikings were panicked by, and um, the, the propensity with which ships seem to sink i just th- i think it would be an issue for me so i i absolutely i think i'm i'm out of the running to be honest yeah i quite enjoy physical exercise okay. <laughs> i quite enjoy rowing the thing oh. that would really hold me back is how much I, rowing have you done is that <laughs> i mean at the gym you kept that quiet. 25 to 30 minutes at a time on in a, a gym so, on a, in a gym yeah okay right <laughs> So I, I'm 17 hours, 35 minutes away from my 18-hour stint. The thing yeah. that would really hold me back is I'm I'm quite introverted and I do need time alone. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get that on a long ship. Yeah. So within within a day, I'm getting grumpy. Within two days, I'm getting at people. Within three days, I've been thrown overboard. Yeah. So I'm. How I'm, do you think the phrase, I need a bit of me time, would go down on a Viking <laughs> yeah. ship? Yeah. <laughs> It, it 
interesting. I'm quite intrigued by that. How would you try and achieve a bit of me time? You've got no chance. Jump over. What are you doing? You've got no chance. So, Hanging on the back of the boat and being dragged along. So maybe? if the introverts are all staying at home in Denmark or Sweden or Norway, that means yeah. a long ship would be full of super hard Vikings who are all extroverts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a bloody nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you, okay, so Ellis, you can row, uh, but you're an introvert, and I do need in me time. Well, as I've counted myself out, I'm going to decide. I'm going to decide out the two of you who's going to okay. be. Uh, Chris, give me well, a look, well, When I was nine years old, we went on a family holiday to Ireland. We tr- we got there via uh, a boat from Swansea to Ireland, and it was it was rocky seas. I was about not, and I didn't understand what seasickness was. And I remember getting to the canteen buying like a can of tango and sitting at the table and the can of tango was going from one end to the other it was that vibe and then i remember going i needed something to eat i went to get like toast and beans and the beans were coming out they were coming out of the <laughs> and at that point i was like um, i said to my dad i'm gonna be sick i'm like i'm gonna i need to throw up so we went in the toilet opened the, and it's one of those doors where they kind of they, they lock they lock and they like you've got to step over to get inside the door opened on this <laughs> toilet all the cubicles were open there was vomit filling up every single toilet, blocking up the sink. There was vomit up the walls and on the floor. And then I was sick on the floor. And this is like... I wouldn't describe this as really rough seas. Not like some of the pictures, that some of the the videos you see online of really rough seas. And I was all over the place. So the idea that I could have been a sailor, (laughs) a proper, a Viking, and spent any kind of life at sea when I can barely get across the Irish Sea without throwing up everywhere, I think there is no chance I would have been sued. Plus, I hate the sea, the seaweed. It's so overrated, the jellyfish. An away game when you're in the water with the fish. I'm so happy that I don't need to accept this as a a career. Do you know what? (laughs) First time I was on a ferry, uh, Plymouth to Roscoff. I spewed everywhere. So, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about the seasickness. I'm beginning to feel that none of us, none of us is going to make it. As <laughs> no no as way. As what, are the, what are the Vikings going to say to me when I'm 20 minutes in to the trip to Greenland and I'm, and you're trying to explain shut, to and I'm throwing up while a guy next to me is trying to have a shit over the side? <laughs> and he's like, you've got 17 and a half hours left. Why you have a shit 20 minutes in? <laughs> people you gathering still... around you're sick because it's, it's a thing that smells nicest on the ship. You can still see land. <laughs> Dicky, tell me, Chris. Why didn't you go? Why didn't you go when we were back? <laughs> the I Raven giving before, you funny looks. I asked above. you if you wanted to go before we left. Why didn't you go to the terminal? <laughs> Thank you for indulging me quickly, Kevin. Listeners, that is the brand new podcast that I'm hosting alongside Ellis James and Tom Crane. It's called Oh What a Time. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you didn't mind us dropping that onto the feed. If you enjoyed that podcast, new episodes are coming out every Monday at the minute and you can subscribe wherever you like to really. Uh, it's called Oh What a Time. And like I say, if you enjoyed that, it would be marvellous if you were to give it a five-star rating. You can give it any rating, but five-star would be really, really good. New episodes every Monday. Thank you for listening. Um, carry on about your day. Carry on about your day.